just had was the, was the theme, was the importance of the Word and the Spirit. Now, absolutely, they're both significant to our success on the earth as Christians. But the Word of God is so important to us. And on the way here, and I was sharing with this with our table at uh, Getting a Grip on the Basics, the way we come on Sunday morning uh, with our faith, the where, where our faith is operating, is the measure you receive what's going to be ministered out. It doesn't, regardless of what vessel is chosen or appointed to speak from the pulpit, that we all, re, and I've said this over and over, it doesn't matter to me who's behind that pulpit. If they're ordained of God to speak for that day, regardless if they're just stepping up to the first time preaching or they've been doing it for 40 years, I've got a knife and fork in my hand. Why? Because my faith is going to pull not on the person, on the anointing, on the office and the vessel, and the anointing on that vessel, in and on. Say, in and on. Say, I am glad that the anointing is in me and on me. <laughs> That's the truth for every believer, if you believe. It's a truthful fact, truthful statement, but four things. Real quick, go to Matthew 4. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. We welcome our guests. We have a guest today, Rita, from Glendora. Didn't know she was living one street over from us. But she is visiting today because of the saturate paperwork and the door hanger that was placed on her door. So let's welcome Rita. Hallelujah. Come on, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, she is a believer, <laughs> but who knows what God can orchestrate. Amen. She's part, of our, she's part of our family regardless. But in Mark chapter 4, four things are going to happen to those who hear the word. We're, not, we're familiar with this, the parable of the sower. Jesus uses the analogy, and he teaches, and he goes on, and he says, he taught them, verse 2 of chapter 4, he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, the seed, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, choked the seed, and it yielded no crop as a result of the choking of the thorns. Verse 8, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now today, today, because we're, we're here now, and Hebrews 11 one says, now faith is. Say now. <sighs> You're going to leave today with one of these four situations going on in your life. It's a matter of your choice. It's a matter of how you have prepared to receive the word. It's a matter, a matter of faith. Now, you may have come in feeling weighted down, and God is good. Amen? Listen, we live in a world, and we're going to say it in the word today. But you may come in with, you know, with struggling with certain issues of relationships or circumstances and different things. But at that first door... When you get there and you hit that, the gate, his courts, enter his gates with thanksgiving. You take off those weights. And you say, Lord, I'm going to set this stuff aside because I am your child. You died for me. I have a greater purpose than the problems I'm facing. And my first calling in life is to be a worshiper. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. I'm going to be a son that puts a smile on your face today, even though all this stuff is looking at me. Even though there's mountains in my life or in my path, I'm going to put that stuff aside. And I'm going to lift up my hands. I'm going to lift up my heart. I'm going to lift up my voice to the one who deserves the best. It's a choice. So one of these four effects are going to happen today as a result of you hearing. And if we didn't say another thing, there's enough here in these passages that we just looked at that you need to make a decision. Is your spirit good ground? And is your spirit worth guarding? Is your spirit man worth protecting? Is your spirit man a field where good seed is being sown? Hallelujah. That's a good question. Amen. Well, our faith is fixed in such a way that minimally it's a 30-fold yield. (laughs) I want the good word of God to have good fruit in my life. Amen. How about you? 30 is good. 60 is better. But a hundredfold return is, yo, that's over to the top. Amen. Now, another thing that's interesting, the same word that you're going to hear any time and every time you sit under the preaching and teaching of the word, Dr. Jeff touched on it, but go to 2 Timothy. He touched on it at the forum. And in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, remember he was saying, read the three sixteens through the word. <laughs> he feasts on that quite often in his personal devotions. But 2 Timothy 3, 16. So that word that Jesus spoke, he said that that word is going to have potentially four different scenarios going on in people's lives. So it's not about just coming to church and fulfilling the duty. I mean, we do it, not religion wants you and I to do it out of uh, the legalism of doing what's right, out of the old kind of Old Testament kind of righteousness. But the righteousness that's of faith says, now I want to go. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. I want to be with the saints. And you know what? I, I love being with God's people who aren't perfect yet. I love being God's people who may at times offend me or offend the mindset that I have. But I know they're in my life for reason and purpose. They're in my life for good. Amen? Guess what? Sometimes you may get offended, but God wants you to be. Not by the person, but by the the revelation they might be carrying. But we get comfortable and build a tabernacle about... about, We build a tabernacle around what we have rather than saying, Lord, I need the whole body. I need the whole body of Christ. Come on. I need what my brother and sister have from the word of God because you're going to show them pieces of the puzzle that I don't have alone by myself. See, God's wisdom, he is wise. He's a wise master builder. He designed this thing so you and I cannot be independent. He has designed his kingdom in a way that you and I cannot and do not have the option to be an independent person. There's a difference between being independent and being an individual. You can be an unhealthy soul that's independent, or you can be a healthy cell that's connected to the body of Christ, interdependent. He doesn't want you and I to be codependent even. He wants us to be interdependent. Hallelujah. And the human body demonstrates it. Say, I am a living cell in the body of Christ. Tell your neighbor, I'm a living cell in the body of Christ. Now tell your neighbor also, I'm glad you're a living cell. I'm glad you're a living cell in the body of Christ. Now, isn't it interesting? And you've heard us say it here before, but I'm going to say it for reference sake. Because I also marvel at it. We sang about the cross so much today. The cross is the center of our conversion. But the resurrection is the reality of our ability to live on this side of Calvary. Amen? 
just lost my thought. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, thank you. <sighs> Holy Spirit, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for our resolve that we are your people. We're the sheep of your pasture. And, Lord, we're living in an hour that for such a time as this, as Esther and her day, and the different heroes and heroines in Scripture in the day that they were born and they occupied time and, and influence on the planet, that you and I are born for such a time as this, saints. We're born to have an influence on society, family, friends, co-workers, no matter everywhere our foot trods, you and I are called by God to have an influence and to be the fragrance of Christ everywhere we go. So the quality and the, the not just not necessarily the quantity of the word of God we get, but the quality of the word of God we get is going to bring forth better fruit. It's going to bring forth better fruit in our life. See, truth, Jesus said, truth sets you free. Amen? Not even man's opinions. That's why the scripture, we have an insurance policy with scripture. Out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, every word's established. When a person starts saying, I have a revelation, that's the same thing Satan did. Be very careful. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. <laughs> I have a revelation. Is it confirmed by two or three witnesses? First of all, is it confirmed in the word of God? Say the word. Measures. My faith. We have seen great, wonderful, a particular couple that was so anointed of God. Pastored a church, had a, a, an amazing ministry going. But they began to get some prophetic words and they, they were moved by the prophetic words to abandon their church, abandon some other things, and follow the prophetic word rather than what God had already, the vision he had put in their heart. And now they're collateral damage, divorced, down the pike. Now, God's a God of restoration. They can come back into their anointing. But you and I cannot live our life off just prophetic words given through prophetic people. I'm grateful for those things, but they need to confirm what the Holy Spirit has already shown me. Come on now, I'm going to preach you some good stuff in here to keep you, keep you on track. Amen. I love prophetic words. I, I, I love it when God uses me to give them. I love it when I receive them. Amen. But I, my life and my faith isn't in just the prophetic word. The Bible says we have the prophetic word here. <sighs> this is the prophetic word of God. First and foremost, say first and foremost, the word of God has to be the prophetic word that you eat. And you and I eat every day. Amen. Now, back to 2 Timothy. Well, God's got his finger on this. And I'll tell you what, the Bible says the farmer eats the first fruits of the harvest. Amen. So if God's doing this with me, particularly, it's like, Ray, you stay sharp. Because you don't get a cape in a phone booth with your Christendom. There's no super Christians in this room. The fivefold offices aren't better than anybody else. Amen. We have a greater responsibility. Therefore, you need to pray more for your leaders because we got to feed you. You want good food? Pray it in. Glory to God. Come on now. I'm talking. I'm preaching good. You want something good to eat spiritually? Pray it in. God, get a hold of my leaders. Fill them with your spirit. Give them revelation so that we can eat at the table. Now, you have a personal relationship with God. Well, what about the corporate setting? Shoom! Man, I want lightning and I want thunder. Glory to God. Give it to me, Lord. 
he says this, Paul said this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Leave that up. The sower sows the word. Some fall by the wayside. Amen? Some, and the birds of the air eat it up. Some fall among stones, shallow roots. Say shallow root. How valuable and important is the word of God to you and to me? And when we hear it, we're going to protect it. Now, now, okay, well, if this is a possible, it, it's not just a possible, it, well, it is, it's a possible scenario of any time I sit at the table of God or I'm in the fellowship of the saints, I'm sitting under the ministry of a teacher or preacher, come on, that I am opening myself, I'm making myself vulnerable. Amen. To receive something. This ain't no game. The Bible warns those who preach and teach, you be careful because you're going to incur a stricter judgment. That's not a lie. What it does is produces a little more of the fear of the Lord when you're going to stand behind this thing. Judgment. Stricter judgment. Judge for my will, purpose, for my thoughts and actions. Stricter judgment for my thoughts, actions, will, and purpose. I think I'll come over here. No, the calling of God moves you to comply with the will of the Father. Amen. But this pulpit is no joke. Regardless who stands behind it. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. So that word that Jesus said is when I sit and hear the word of God being preached or taught. My attitude is going to determine on whether that seed gets into good ground. The Bible says this, if I have ought against a brother or sister, and I've come to get into the presence of God to lay my gift at the altar and go get it right with my brother or sister. Otherwise, it's just religious garbage. It's a stench in the will of God, in the nose of God. Come on, I'm preaching good. The Bible says in Proverbs, a man who turns his ear from hearing the law, even his prayers an abomination. So if I know what's right and don't do it, and I go to pray, God by default is, he's handcuffed. He can't even answer my prayer. Why have all against a brother or sister? Lord, you don't know what they did to me in my life. Lord, they screwed me over. And you want me to forgive them? Carol had a vision. <clears throat> Years ago. Honey, I, and I, I don't want to do it injustice. But she was going to before the Lord and saying, and because of things, horrible things that had been done to her and the Holy Spirit had his finger on forgiveness that she had to forgive. And she went, you were before Jesus at the cross and Jesus was hanging on the cross as she was just, commu I don't want to do it injustice. I don't want to do it injustice. Please just share this. Um, there, there was, it was a time where, um, um, how can I say this? It was such a very challenging time for us. And it was something that was very, could be so damaging and so hurtful to us. 
a um, lot of people talking and, and making accusations that weren't true. And it was uh, so much that was going on. And it was one of those times that um, I actually felt like I was, I was losing I was losing my own life. And I would go to the Lord about it over and over again. And um, the one time, um, and we had to walk through this. It wasn't something that we could just walk away from. We had to walk through it, through the season. That's why I say it's just a season. But you have to walk through the season. Because God is perfecting the whole time himself in you. What is he perfecting? How he would respond if he was you. So that's what he was perfecting. And I went to the Lord and I just was crying and crying. And my husband thought that my, I was going to give up the ghost or something I because the, the, the hurtfulness, the hurt was so heavy. And, and, um, and I went to the Lord and I just cried and cried. And then all of a sudden I saw myself standing and this was day after day after day after day, maybe, maybe some, a, a few months afterwards. And then the Lord just, you know, and, and I've, I, I let this because of the cross when people speak even against me and I know it, I let it roll off of me. I don't let negative words attach itself to me because of the words of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And if you don't understand me, that's not my, my business. And some people try to figure me out or figure you out, and it's not their business to do that. Amen. Some have taken the word and twisted the word to make it fit how they feel about you. That's not their business. We're not to point the finger and judge because when you get into that place, when you sit under the word, anytime you even open the word, you're looking at it through judgmental eyes and you're judging everything that way instead of just receiving the word for yourself to change and equip you and grow and know him and his love and who he is. Amen. Amen. That's why we've all been created different. So I cried this one time, and I just fell apart so hard. And I went to the Lord, and all of a sudden, I saw the cross of Jesus. I didn't see his face because he was so hunched over, trying to gasp for breath. And every breath, the closer he got to giving up his spirit, Into thy hands I commit my spirit, Father. As he got closer to the pains of the gripping death that was taken hold of his body and his soul, I could hear him. Suffocating. It took complete faith for him to complete the six hours he hung on that cross because six is the number of man, and he came as the son of man to hang on that cross for six hours to complete it. And so I heard this. Faith, words, coming out of him. I don't know if I could do it, but it came out. Father, forgive them. For they know what they do. And that weighed so heavy in my spirit. So everybody that was pointing the finger and judging us and making accusations and hearing lies, 
I forgave them. Because if they knew the truth, they would have never said that. And I've learned to stay at the cross when things happen. Because there, I pick up my cross and I can carry it yoked with Jesus and walk this walk in life. So when I receive the word, I'm not going to receive it judging. I'm not going to receive it. I'm going to receive it from me so that I can grow in a love relationship with my Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Keep that with you. Yeah, that's exactly it. <clears throat> so her, in her brokenness, Scripture tells us in Hebrews that we can approach the throne of grace to obtain help in time of trouble. The word was working inside her, even through the brokenness and in the brokenness. I could pray for her, which was right, and I had a responsibility to cover my wife in prayer. But I can't be the Lord in her, and I could not fix her personally. Amen? But this verse was living and active and working all the while. She was pulling on the, not the, what the word that she had studied and, and read and pondered on and ministered over the years that even, listen, in life's path, stuff happens. I don't agree with Billy Joel that only the good die young. Because we have a promise, with long life, I will satisfy them. Hallelujah. Amen? So be careful what you give your ear gate to. Because everything you hear is going to produce some type of faith in your life. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Could be the good, the bad, or the ugly. So it's profitable for doctrine. Every time you sit under the word, I want to say it this way. Let me, let, well, let me present it to you this way with a question. Is it possible that up to this moment in your Christian experience, is it possible that maybe you learned some things wrong? I know I'm not alone in this. You know, or we only made it to first grade. In that particular truth, it's kind of a bummer if you're 69, you know, looking back and, boy, oh boy. But the preaching and teaching of the word is profitable for doctrine, what I know to be true, what I know to be right, and live my life in accordance with it. The, the word could bring reproof to me. And reproof from the Father, reproof from the word is something that's wonderful. It's to correct something that's askew, whether it be here or here. Remember I was talking about the parable of the tares? And Jesus said, he planted good seed. But an enemy came at night and planted tares among the wheat. And they didn't start to realize it until... It had rooted, had the tares had a good root system developed growing up with wheat. Sometimes things, and this can be part of our journey. Maybe we learn things wrong, and then we start hearing, how, hearing the, the, the correct truth and things of the kingdom we need to begin to step into and walk out. Amen. Disciplines we need to develop after we've been a Christian for so many years, and they haven't been developed yet. Don't see it as a, don't, do not see yourself as a failure or a victim. You are a victor and a success as far as God's concerned. So some of it is good for correction. Ah, ouch. I love it. 
profitable for doctrine and instruction in righteousness sandwiches two kind of difficult scenarios. But every time you sit under the word, one of these four things or all of the above could occur. So you come and you gather in the name of the Lord. We worship together, and that's right. That's good. We praise. We pay our tithes, give offerings. That's all good. But what changes us? Going to church doesn't change you. It positions you to be changed. It positions us to be transformed. So how are we transformed? Go to Romans chapter 12. I need to be transformed, saints. I need to be being transformed. <laughs> You've heard, you, you guys have probably heard this saying. The more you know, the more you realize you don't know. <laughs> the more I, I know, the more I realize I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, this is a, a daily choice, and a, it's a daily discipline. Say daily discipline. If you haven't been doing this, start tomorrow. Start tomorrow. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy. Not, I would say it this way. The scripture in context is H-O-L-Y. That's pretty bold. But Lord, I don't feel so holy today. Get your mouth lined up with my truth. You commanded me to be holy as you're holy. How do I do that? By understanding the DNA you're born of. We didn't earn to be born of an incorruptible seed, but that was God's plan. I want to take care of this. When you give your heart and your life to me and you're born again, you become a species that never existed before. Now my DNA is in you. So you have the capability to be holy but it's a choice. And there's going to be a war. There's going to be battles in your mind for that holiness. What is it? What is it? See, we can't earn holy. You and I can't be holy. The way we make our hair, the clothes we wear, and the Bible just says be modest. In the Pentecostal movement, they tried to do it. They tried to get the holiness on the outside. Put your hair in a bun. Don't put any paint on the barn and wear a dress down to your ankles. Why? Because men lust. That's the real issue. Men lust. Without Christ. Men lust with Christ. If they don't crucify it. I'm, boy, this is, I didn't plan this. What are men? Dogs? Pretty much without God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Think about that. The humility and that it takes and requires for you and I to say, Father, good morning. I love you. Thank you for giving me another day to occupy the space that, and, 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 and to be the influence you desire me to be. By your grace, I present my body to you, holy, acceptable, a vessel for your honor and for your glory. Are, are you with me? Titus 3, 5 says, with the washing of regeneration, washing our minds with the word. And we're going to see more about how we're transformed into this. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And one translation says, it's our rational worship. It's only rational we do it. If you're a Christian, it's only rational you do this. So if you're not doing it, 
change. Oh, you're trying to put a, a legal yoke on me. No, I'm trying to help you grow up. You want to be a mature Christian? Because I'll tell you what, with what's coming down the pike still in the earth, if Jesus tarries, you better have a foundation in the Word of God and know the leading of the Spirit. Because unclean spirits are being poured out on the earth right now in a wicked way, more than ever before in society. We need to look no further than a political arena to have a picture of what's going on in the spirit. Light and darkness, good and evil. Come on. Next verse. For, and do not be conformed to this world. Now, let's just look at this verse with me. And look in your Bible, ideally, because this you have with you all the time. You don't have that screen. Do not be, tra- uh, do not be conformed to this world or the pattern of the world of which I used to walk in. I was part of the world system before Christ. I was a puppet to the prince of the power of the air. So are you. Come on, I'm preaching better. We were all. Now, the Bible said this in the, one of the letters that Paul wrote. He doesn't say you were once in darkness. He, the Greek says you were once darkness. So before I accepted Christ, I was living darkness that had a conscience, but I nonetheless was darkness. There was the absence of light in me. Come on. You, you, you know, oh, come on now. Let's time the praise. It's time to worship. Come on. We got to crank up the saints. Come on, saints. Give them your best. We should have a hard time to say, hey, saints, cool down. High praises of God. People doing laps because they're so excited about Jesus. What he did. What he's doing. Fire. (laughs) Now we got to help the church get excited. (laughs) Secular groups have better worship than we do. They have mosh pits. And we all look at it and criticize it. At least they're excited. They're excited about their gods. Oh, Pastor, you, it feels like you're putting pressure on us and a weight. I am. Die to yourself and be the son and daughter of God that you're designed to be. Well, I don't lift my hands. Shame on you. Shame on you when the scripture says, lift up your hands unto God. When the scripture says, he who offers the sacrifice of praise honors me. And the holy hands lifted in adoration. I don't want to be told what to do. Well, neither did Satan. You're in pretty bad company if that's your attitude. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you're happy coming. And do not be conformed to this world, but be being. The Greek literally means be being transformed. This isn't new information. But guess what? It's fresh revelation because everybody in this room needs to hear it. And if you heard it and it's yours, protect it. Be renewed by, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how's our mind renewed? I can't hear you. Everybody. The word of God. Say it like you mean it. The word of God. Hallelujah. Then, not before, then you may prove. Say, 
part of our office in the earth is being attorneys, being lawyers for the king, for situations. You and I are called to be lawyers, hallelujah, to present the case, present the facts, hallelujah, to be living witnesses of Jesus of Nazareth. Let me say it this way. Do you believe what Jesus said in Acts 1.8? You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And the power you receive is going to cause you to be a witness unto me. A living, say living witness. Tell your neighbor, a living witness. Living witness. Living witness. That means life is flowing. Glory to God. Well, it's, it, it's Sunday morning. Pastors are going to try to cheer us up. Shame on the body of Christ. That we have to be pampered. That we have to be addressed like we're still in the crib. Paul said, I wish to give you meat, but you still need milk. Nobody in this house should be, have to be cheered or, uh, you know, hey, come on, let's give God our best. You should come in those doors with that attitude. I'm coming into God's house, hallelujah. I am God's house, first and foremost. But I'm going to bring God's house into the assembly hall. Let's keep it right. And when I get together with the saints, it's going to be hot coals touching each other, creating a fire for him and his glory. Second Chronicles 2020, 2020 verse C. I believe this is a theme for this year, the importance of the word and the spirit in our life. Second Chronicles 2020, 20 C, the third part of the verse. Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, after they say, after they fasted, after they had fasted and prayed for three days without food or water. Every person and every animal, nothing got food or water for three days. This was a sincere, consecrated fast in this instance. They're surrounded by enemies who want to destroy them. Anybody in here, you got anything that's in your face? Do you have some enemies that are facing you, whether it be finances, relationships, bad relationships, broken relationships? Do you have enemies and those things have destroyed the quality of your life and God's intent for your life? It's time to get angry against these things. How dare the devil? How dare him touch my family? How dare him touch the church I attend? How dare him bring sickness and disease our way? Take out, we're going to put on that armor of God. Believe in the Lord your God. Last part of the verse. Believe in the Lord your God, the word. I'm going to be emphasizing this a lot. Believe in the Lord your God, the word. And you shall be established, stable, steadfast in your faith. Well, a prophet spoke to me back and, you know, when I wrote it down, he said I'm called to be this, that, and the other thing. Are you even a witness? How about faith calling the things that are not as though they are? How about you beginning to call the things that are not as though they are? I am a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ every day. I just want to shed his love and his light. Glory to God. I need a title to feel important. You're an ambassador for crying out loud. I need a bigger title. Okay, put a capital A in front of it. 
ambassador of the most high God. Hey, how about this title? I'm a believer. Hey, how about this title? I'm a Christian. A thoroughbred. At least I want to be. I'm aspiring to be that. Amen. (sighs) Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. In the context, that's Old Testament. God spoke through prophets on the earth. That is how he communicated with his people. Aren't you glad we have this? My Lord Jesus. But now in the new covenant, we have five offices that move in this area. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher now that are speaking under inspiration, hopefully. You don't realize how important your prayers are for God's leaders. Absolutely essential, necessary. When's the, when's the last time or have you ever skipped a meal just to intercede for your church leaders? Lord, they need you. We need them and they need us. Please bring the divine will and understanding and comprehension of what you have called us to do in the earth. Give them guidance. Give them sound wisdom, Lord. Not, Lord, I want them to line up with what I learned in the past. Lord, I want to pray for my leaders. And, Lord, I I don't really like this tongue stuff so much. What is the big deal about tongues, Lord, anyway? Could you change their preaching? That's not praying for your leader. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, you, you have called and you set in the church, Jesus, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the building up of the body of Christ, the edifying, for the maturing of the saints, for the work of ministry. Please help them. Please guide them. How about this for a a little different spin? Lord, we pray for their protection. We ask you to be a wall fire around them in the glory in the midst. Okay. Go to John 1.1, please. Believe in the Lord your God and you'll be established. Believe in the word. The Lord God, your, the word of God, Jesus, amen, the Logos, and you'll be established. <clears throat> I can't live my life off prophetic words. They inspire me. I receive some word. We have received a lot of words over the years. But you know what? They have to sync with what the Holy Spirit has revealed in us. And that has to jive with the word of God. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> the word, Jesus. Well, let's look at it. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and it's the Greek word, logos. And the word, logos, was with God. And the word, logos, was God. Think the word's important? Logos has two definite definitions, two definitions. It is the written word and the divine expression. It is the written word and the divine expression. Say written word. Say divine expression. That's who the Logos is. Hallelujah. Come on. <clears throat> John 1, 14. Drop down to there. So what about the word? And of course, this whole chapter is just loaded for bear. Let me get to John 1. 
verse 14. And the word, the Logos, became flesh. The written word, now think about it. Pastor, wasn't the forum just a wonderful time of light? Because there's, listen, there's a lot of erroneous teaching in the body of Christ throughout the world. And let me share this with you so that you don't become critical. We have to guard our hearts. There's something you need to always remember. Error, say error, is any truth taken to an extreme. A truth taken to an extreme positions the, the mindset and the activity to be in error. Right? You with me? Heresy. Say heresy. Is damnable doctrine. Say damnable doctrine. Now, while we're here... Let's see if we can hit home run. Damnable doctrine. In the Bible, you and I read in the New Testament, in the last days, false teachers will arise. Anybody here? How do you know I'm not a false teacher? (laughs) You have to measure my life, not just what I preach. You have to measure my life what you see in my life, here and out there. Amen? So we have error and heresy, damnable doctrine. Say doctrines of demons. Paul wrote it. He said doctrines of demons are going to begin to infiltrate the church. I'm not going to mention the person, but I am going to address this hyper grace, just as an example. 1 John 1, 9. If we sin, if we confess our sins, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, I don't know about you. I don't intentionally choose to go out and live a life of sin. But I do, unfortunately, miss the mark. Not the same way I did when I was a lost degenerate, but I missed the mark. And that's called sin. Amen? So, there's a teaching in the hyper grace that 1 John 1, 9 is not for the church. See, this is, this is unfolding out here in society and in the body of Christ. Therefore, you don't need to confess your sins anymore. When you accept the Christ, it's done deal. You're not a sinner anymore. You're a saint, which is true. But the problem is, saints still sin. Saints miss the mark. Thank God that the word, say the word says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have an advocate with the Father, right? But, oh, when I sin, I am grateful that 1 John 1, 9 is in the book. That if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive it as quickly as I did it. Hallelujah. And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. The sting of sin is death. Sin's fruit is an unrighteous lifestyle. So I need legitimacy to party. So I'm going to gravitate to a teaching now that says it's okay if your flesh is still in charge. Is this being taped? It's okay to fornicate. It's okay to live together. It's okay to steal. It's okay to be homosexual. Bestiality is coming into view. 
The Arabs do it. The Muslims do it. It's okay for them to have sex with an animal if they need to release themselves. In the Quran. Hello, McFly. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Not in this house. You're not going to perish for a lack of knowledge coming forth. The only reason you may experience some perishing is because of your disobedience and your rebellion or idolatry. How man of glory to God. I love you. Shakatarabete. The Bible said, and Samuel told Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15, Saul's attitude, he was commanded to kill all, kill all the Amalekites, kill the king, kill the animals, kill anything, kill the, Ken Copeland said one time, kill the bugs. But he let the king live. The people persuaded him to allow the best of the livestock to stay alive. And they come back. And Samuel says, where have you been? I have kept the word of the Lord. I have done all that you sent me to do. Lion dog. Now, a pathological liar has the ability and capability to believe a lie to be true and convince him or herself of it. Saul was a pathological liar. He was a puppet to the people. He was concerned about what people think. Do you stand for what Christ thinks? Do you and I stand for what Christ says? And the way, what, what's important to our master? See, that's going to change. That's the shift I sense today. The, the high calling of God for every one of us to walk in his shoes, to be as he is. To do the things that he did. To say the things he said. My Lord Jesus. You talk about a shift. Your words and our words can create and change an entire situation. Our words in Christ and through the word of God by his spirit changes things. It changes the room. My God. That's why you and I never have to fear any devil. We can, you know, the Holy Spirit, one of its, one of its uh, symbols is the dove. And I read this in a book and it blew my mind. The dove is the only species on the planet that has the capability to fly into, and this is the language, to fly into an ash heap. Anybody ever seen a pile of ashes? You, you ever hit it? It's all over the place. And come out untainted. That's why the Holy Ghost can go into any situation. David said, I can go into hell when you're there. I can't get anywhere from God. Everywhere you go, God is. Hallelujah. We need, a, we need the, the love, we, a greater love for him. You might think, how can I love God more? Oh, you can. We can, amen, as the heavens are above the earth, as the galaxies are still being formed, his love, Bible says this, we, the, we can't comprehend the width, the depth, the height, and the breadth of God's love, but it's sure worth searching out. So will I. All righty. The Logos is both the written word and the divine expression. He became flesh and dwelt among us. And I say it this way, and permit me to do it from a finite sharing. He became flesh. The word, the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. So that we, flesh, might be made the word. Through a new creation. Where we were once flesh creatures. Longing and fulfilling the desires of the flesh. That now because of the new birth. We are being transformed to be the word on the planet. It's not false teaching. It's a wake up call. We have a high responsibility. 
It's more about happy clappy. It's more about, uh, you know, just lifting our hands and everything else. It's the commitment to be a disciple of Jesus, not just a religious advocate to say, yes, by being born again, I'm saved. I want to get to, I just want to escape hell and get to heaven. No, we are called to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And if he could take the crew he had and change the earth, he can sure do a pretty good job with everyone in here. But what did he have? What did he, what did they give him? Everything. You want to be a disciple? Are you ready and willing to give him everything? Are we ready to give him everything? I love that song. One song said, Lord, I give you all I am. Lord, I give you all I'm not. Shape me and mold me, transform me into your glorious image. So that, Lord, I, my life would reflect the transformation power of the word of God and the Holy Ghost of my life. That I'm the real deal because you're the real deal. I don't want my religious and Christian experience to be plastic. I don't want to go through the motions without faith. Moving me in that direction to be that son, that daughter. I'm praying a prayer right now. Lord, I pray for us personally, individually, and collectively. That as Joshua decreed it in Joshua 24, verse 15, the fourth part of that verse. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving our frailties and our faults. Thank you for forgiving our sins and being patient with our faults and frailties. That's more accurate. The Holy Spirit that you are so faithful to lead us and guide us in all truth. Lord, for such a time as this, every person in this room has been born to be a world changer in their spheres of influence. Holy Spirit, please help us really comprehend what it means to be a disciple. In an ongoing, growing way. To fear no evil. But to love you and to love what is good and right. That we would not get, listen carefully. Even though there are parallels in the media and even in the political arena, we need to have time in our closets, guys. We must be in the Word every day. We must take time to pray. And if it's been awkward or you've been maybe lost that discipline, Lord, help us reactivate that discipline in our lives to put you first put us second to put your kingdom first to put your righteousness first because Jesus you the word the logos said seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things that are needed will be added. <laughs> I thank you and we thank you today that because you're our shepherd, we shall not want or lack any good thing. 
Thank you that you make us to lie down in green pastures and you lead us beside still waters. Thank you that you restore our souls. And thank you that you lead us in the path of righteousness for your namesake. Lord, at times, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death or even seemingly, we will fear no evils for you are with us. Your rod and your staff comfort us. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Thank you for that, Lord. You anoint our heads with oil and our cups overflow. And as we sang this morning, we decree it right now. If you would repeat it after me. Surely goodness, Surely goodness and, mercy and mercy follows me, follows me. All, the days of my life. all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's make this declaration. And I will dwell, I will dwell in the house of the Lord, the of the Lord. Forever. forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.